0: Restless Midlife Podcast. Get health, weight and life back on your terms. Welcome to episode 74 of the Restless Midlife Podcast. Right, today is another interview. It's a longer one, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time in the preamble or give you any food for thought before we start. This interview is with Graham Mills, who is a friend of mine and a, a client um, in terms of the coaching side of things. And in this interview, we talk about a lot of things, including midlife's you know, story, midlife mindset, um, the, the shifts that we can experience. But we do get into um, weight loss, uh, and and Graham talks a little bit more about his weight loss efforts uh, and his successes in that over the last few years, and where he's now. What also is worth listening to in this interview is that graham asked me a couple of questions because um of a couple of things he, he's embarked on a couple of programs in the past with me um he does have some questions so it's been really useful for me to able to be able to clarify some of those points um and that might actually be very useful for yourselves in terms of getting a feel for, for my approach but also some answers to questions that you might have if you've looked into any of the the material that i, that I do share around how do we approach reshaping our health losing that weight in midlife when perhaps you know with, with a Allowed the years and the, the pounds to pile on, kind of thing. Not that we get much choice about the years piling on, but the pounds, etc. So enjoy the interview. Let me know any thoughts at Dave at RestlessMiddleAifer and I'll catch you on the other side. Take
1: care, Graham. How are you doing?
0: You all right? Fine. Good to have you along for the interview. Um, we, we've known each other for a lot of years, um, and you were kind enough to give me a little case study video um, of our experiences working together, but. If we want to sort of look at bigger picture. Tell us a bit about yourself, um your journey, and we'll dig into your midlife experiences because that's what it's really about,
1: I think. Yeah. I, I think uh my, my journey I, I has been pretty unplanned, and I think that's part of the uh yeah, just part of my general outlook. I've got a curious mind um that kind Of follows different things, you know, and and uh, that's pretty much been my my career. Um, so I've I started off, I left school at um, sorry, I'm not, not gonna go through my whole childhood, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I, 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 I left school with poor results overall, and I'm, I managed to get a job working in the Lab Group's bookmakers, and I worked there for a bit. Then I got a job at the council and then I realized I wasn't get, going to get anywhere without a proper education. So I went to, uh, I was working in the marketing department at the, at the council and I managed to get onto a marketing degree. It's uh, what was Newcastle Polytechnic. Mm. Yeah, uh, I completed that and done me chartered exams as well. So I was all set for my career in marketing, which uh, I did. I started off research, working account management, and then eventually after about, Fifteen years was it was a head of marketing with a with a large engineering company. Mm-hmm. Well, the things about marketing that interested is was was the people side and the behavioural side of it, and that was always a thing that kind of you know why why is it that 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 particular message or that particular approach or product works better, better than another one, and a lot of the psychological experiments that were done around that sort of stuff, like you know the some of the classic ones like when they launched a, a cake mix. Back in the '60s, and uh, they launched this cake mix, which was brilliant because people just needed to add water to create a cake, and it bombed. The whole product bombed. But when they so they relaunched it, but you had to add water and an egg, and that took off. So there was it was more difficult to do, when you had to go out and buy an egg to make it. And the product took off, and it was you know it depends on the interpretation. So you know Freudian psychologists would have went back to the you know the the, the egg representing the womb and, and all that sort of stuff. But in reality, it was about putting a bit of effort into something. If you're making a cake, you feel as if you need to put a bit effort it. So all those sort of things that kind of behavioral side of it. Then 20 years ago, I left my job uh, in hindsight quite bravely, but it didn't feel like bravery at the time. And uh, I set up my own business and it was going to be doing um, two things, digital marketing with the internet, had just launched it, and also um, environmental type marketing because that was the, the, the particular area that this um, engineering company was focusing on. So I did that for a bit. Um, And uh, that worked. That worked very well. We grew. I had about five people working for us. Then the financial crash, change of government, change of policy impacted us quite significantly. And that petered down. And then I changed tact and I started to do uh, more stuff on internal organizational sort of um, development. And I guess that's probably if I was to kind of categorize myself in, in anything. It would be around that. It's about organizational development, helping organizations develop processes, approaches, behaviors that help them be successful, particularly around people-related stuff. So I usually I use a lot of work with investors and people, um, but I also work with other clients who are looking to take that next step in terms of their maturity in an organization, often you know heading towards a an exit of some form. So I'll support organisations in that way. So it's it's a very broad remit, and and some of some of the, some of my clients sees in all sorts of different ways. So some I'm the kind of uh, I used to be the IT expert, you know, which is ridiculous, it's ridiculous. Uh, but I can do lots of different things. I'm a generalist in a lot of ways, you know. So I run accounts for for, for uh, one of the companies I'm supporting at the moment, as well as. So I'm doing all the financial stuff as well as the kind of business plan and strategy stuff as well. So yeah, quite a varied role. Not the best approach to build a career. I think to build a career, you better off focusing on one area and becoming an expert and that sort of thing. But but for me, it suits me. It mm-hmm. keeps me interested, it keeps us learning, which are key things for me. And uh, you know it keeps us curious. Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think I was always brought up to sort of get say, get a degree, get a job, you set for life, and specialising was always seen as a really important thing to do. Um, and, and there is value in that, obviously, clearly, you know, you get a specialist knowledge and expertise, but um, I think, is it Tim Ferriss, you know, the author of the four-hour work where he talks about, I can't remember his phrase, but he talks about being that Jack of all trades, but in a positive way, it's so you can be more nimble and flexible, and you can follow your interests, can't you? And develop that. And um so, do you do you feel that like just sort of forward dive into the midlife bit? Do you feel like that you're saying it's it's kind of suited your interests? Do you feel it's it's fulfilling that, that that work has been fulfilling over the years, or, or or
1: is it that you've been trying and looking for things? What 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 is it about that work? Yeah, it's been f- fulfilling up to an extent. Right. It's very strange. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, I was talking to um, a brilliant guy from uh, Tenway Fire Brigade, the Assistant Chief Fire Officer, who was uh, – we were doing a Zoom call, and they've been doing a bit of work with a with Fire Brigade, and he noticed in the background here some cameras that I've got on the bookshelves. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he said to his uh, – it must be great to have a passion, you know, something you're really passionate about. I wish I had that sort of thing, you know. And I can't think—I'm not really passionate about. I—I'm <laughs> I, I, one of these people who kind of jump from one thing to another, and I don't necessarily see to, to the to the full. So I, I've got—I've got like quite a few cameras there that I've seen. But I'm quite interested in them. They're quite, you know, tactile. They're really interesting. They're all mechanical and. I got an interest in them. So I've got a lot of interests, but a lot of them are quite transient. Mm. So, um, you know, you look up, um, you know, ukulele was the thing at the time. You know, I, you used to do ukulele, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I've still got it. I, I rarely pick up Rosie, plays it more than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the same. So, you know, I've got that. I've also got a robot collection up there. That's oh, a robot. Sure yeah that, but those that didn't last too long but i kind of take things to a certain extent and then then i move on i i, and I don't know if it's just um uh, i don't know what that is about actually and i can see that in you know even when i was it's in uh in my kind of interest as well i used to do uh back in my younger days i used to do Thai boxing and uh i became quite good at it and i used to fight compete, you know and uh and I got to the point where I was regional champion for, the, for, the, for, my, for my weight. And the next thing would have been to kind of go on. But I thought i enough by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole getting up early in the morning, going for a run and sparring for like rounds and rounds and rounds and all the dedication that you had to put into it as well. And I just thought, I've, I've done what I want to do in it, you know. Um, so I kind of get to that point and say, oh, I've done what, what's next? What's next? So I'm always like that. And, uh, and 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 I think that gets back to something I mentioned earlier about, you know, perhaps there is a, there's definitely strength in, to look. Because all the very, very successful people, I think, stick at it. So they would be work on their, you know, becoming British champion, Thai boxing, then European, and, you know, those sort of people that got a lot of respect for those people, they they would move on to that. It didn't really appeal to us. I kind of all right. I've got to something I can tell, I can feel a bit of pride in. I've got to, I'll find something else to do now. So I'll move on to something else as well. Um so I think it is it's it's I, I don't know what it's about. I don't know what I think it's just part of part of part of who I am. It's something I've had to work with. Um uh, in uh, in other areas of my life, you know, particularly in in relationships. Obviously, you can't go and live your life like that in terms of relationships. But you, uh, uh, it's uh, yeah. So it's it's something I've, I've had a mindful of, and I don't think it's a universal thing I apply across my life now. But yeah, it's uh, it's been that that sort of scenario really that I've had. Uh, pretty epitomised me. My career and obviously a lot of my hobbies and all that stuff. I would love to find well, I don't know if I would love to find someone that was passionate and overwhelmed in life. I don't know if I'd want that. I just want the freedom to be able to explore something else to say, oh, actually that looks quite interesting as well. Over there, and I'll walk over there and not spend so much time over that that, that thing, you know. And oh, that looks very interesting now that over there is now. So I'll walk across that as well. Yes. So uh, that's that's who I am. That's who I am, and it's not. It's not, uh, in a lot of ways, it's, it may not be the best way to approach a career, um, and it's not without its flaws. And it's things I have, things I have to modify and work around. But that's who I am, and I think there's a, there's a bit of midlife, isn't it? Is about acceptance.
0: Ah, oh, yeah. Now I think this the the it's interesting, isn't it? I, I, the phrase that springs to mind is there's a everything with everything. There's a trade-off, isn't there? Um and part of as you say, getting to midlife is perhaps realizing that you are who you are. And yes, you can play at your strengths and manage your weaknesses, you can develop this and focus on that. But at the end of the day, some of us, you know, some of us just you use the word curious, and I like that because I, re- I I re- recognize a lot of that in me, you know, that's like like you do the ukulele, the guitar. I get to a certain level, um, and then I'm kind of looking for something else for whatever reason. Um, you know, and but it is who I am, that curiosity. And curiosity itself is really valuable, you know, in, in that. so But there's a trade-off, just like somebody who's particularly driven on one thing, I guess, you know, you driven. They've got to make trade-offs in other areas of the life in order to be able to do that, as you said, with a training for, you know, if you wanted to move on to be a British champion, there's a lot of trade-offs there in order to do that. And it's down to – this is where I think, you know, when you talk about midlife and acceptance, I think it's – in earlier in life, you kind of go with, well, I should. Hmm. I should just do that. I've got the potential. So I should, everybody says I should. I remember when I first uh, joined the police, got through my exams quite quickly and people were saying, you should do this. You need accelerated promotion. You need to do this. And I fell into it a bit, but part of me was always thinking, that's just not me. You know, thankfully I didn't pursue it you know, too much. And I kind of realized this is, you know, I want to do other things, but the should thing is something that perhaps younger, life younger in life, you're dictated by a lot.
1: Yeah. But, but as you get older, there's fewer people telling you what you should do mm. you've got when you're younger you've got your parents your teachers you're this that and the other you've got all those people telling you what they should do now when you get to our age i mean the kids try to tell us what to do but they, 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 they don't they don't have that power yeah. that, that that a teacher a parent um a boss yeah. would, uh, <coughs> would have an we we both have worked for I've been working for myself for over twenty years now, so and I think that's interesting as well. I think uh, yeah, I was always bound to be working from working for myself. I found it really I may when I was employed, I used to I used to work three years, move on three years, work on, move on, and I did quite well. I always got promoted, so it wasn't as if something I got quite good at it, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go and do something else now um so yeah so my aspiration is always to be quite good at something <laughs> and then yeah. i've achieved it but yeah. like, well, actually while, while i'm doing it i'm fully committed to it yeah. really do work myself and then all of a sudden it just goes like that i'll say well i've got quite good at it now i'll go and, and do something else so i'll be quite good at that as well is, isn't that an interesting thing i think
0: that's speaks a lot to the power of being interested and and how your interests can shape how you develop your skills in that particular area or you get good at something. Um, And this is the difference between driving yourself when you don't quite have that interest or passion or whatever you want to call it. Um, You're driving yourself even when perhaps your heart isn't in it. And I did a little bit of that within the police myself at times, but I quickly realised this is just not me. Do you know what I mean? Uh, um, But when I can put my mind, when I find something... You're right. You kind of that interest drives you into learning because you're hungry for it, you love it, you enjoy it. And perhaps there's a ceiling on everything, you know. Um, but do you, you, you kind of pick up skills and and that broader range of skills still you can bring them into whatever you're doing now? It's it's like yeah. you 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 can be one this is oversimplifying, but one dimensional expert and or success in this area versus a generalist, but you pick build up a really great breadth of skills and the ability to learn the ability to problem solve and think differently because of that experience i think is really valuable as well and i i reckon there'll probably be a lot of people who can resonate with that and probably you fallen into that trap of i should be or i should do but actually
1: should you yeah. but this isn't way you just come there it was it, it, it almost felt like um you 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 and and we were were attempt to um to find it, to find the thing, to find the thing. And I think that's true. And I think that's probably what I'm doing. I'm trying to find the thing. But I think now that I've gotten to midlife, I'm realizing that I still want to do that. I want to continue being curious. I still want to try and find the thing, but I'm not bothered about the destination. Yeah. I just like the journey. I just like the journey of getting there. Yeah. I, I whether, whether I find the thing or not, not too bothered about. But I like the journey, and I think uh, I think that's something I've come to terms with. So in my younger years, I, I was getting fr- I probably got more frustrated that I needed to find the thing, I needed to find the passion, you know. So um, I remember reading books. Um, Oh, what do you call it, Sir Ken, the educationalist, the- Ken Roberts? Yeah, Ken Roberts. Reading his book about uh, about finding your passion or your essence and those sort of things, and he, you know, he recommended doing free writing, and I tried all these sort of things and mindsets and trying to think, think, but and 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 I I didn't didn't get there, and I found that a bit frustrating. But I think now I'm quite comfortable with it quite comfortable uh, actually perhaps my thing is do lots of things <laughs> quite well <laughs> <laughs>
0: well it's funny isn't it I think there's I think there's a lot of value in that and you talk, you talk there about the um the journey not the destination per se curiosity is perhaps the thing you know and and how many of us, you know, you talk about Ken Roberts when he talks about creativity and, and I think creativity comes from curiosity and looking at the world with a different way or looking at, in a different way or perhaps bringing something else in. And, and like, I think they can go hand in hand, but it doesn't mean you have to actually reach that end. Perhaps the thing that we're looking for, there isn't a the thing. Yeah, But it's the process of looking for the thing that really excites us. Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who says, you're always looking for something, Dave, aren't you? You're always searching. And I think it's very true. But like you, I've come to realise that actually that's the fun bit. And I'm not bothered about finding the one thing. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm working on, I, I used to see it as a funnel, you know, like there's a wide end where I'm doing lots of things, vast majority of things are things I don't want to do. And my job is to move along down the funnel and sh- shift out the stuff I don't want to do and do more of the stuff I do want to do. Yeah. And I'm not bothered about getting to the bottom. of the point, I just want to do less of the stuff I don't want to do. Obviously, you have to do stuff that you don't want to do in life. I'm quite happy bimbling around there, working on stuff I really am curious about, fascinated with, interested, whatever it is. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there, are, you know, there is always those things. You know, I mean, yeah. I, you know, anything can get, grab my attention. I'll something get something's good. And, and you know, not just work wise, but you know, kind of reading and, and all those sort of things. Like, oh, that's quite interesting. And, and I'll, I, I, you know, I get lost in YouTube videos. I'll kind of um, order multiple um, audio books on a whole range of things. Yeah. Uh, that, that sounds quite That sounds quite good. I might have a look at that. that. Oh, that might be stimulating. And There's nothing better than having that ping moment, you know, that revelation, that, oh, God, you didn't know that. That's, that makes sense now. Yeah. Makes sense. yeah, and uh, and, and I think that's with an acceptance that you know, um, you'll always be learning things that that'll make sense, that'll give you new. new... There's, I think, so this is, I guess, we're talking very positively about midlife, but it, it kind of makes you comfortable with not knowing and and um, not knowing all the answers. You, f- I, I find myself. And i don't think this is universal to be honest because i have got friends who 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 are still very competitive mm. you know and don't like to um to, to feel as they're wrong or inaccurate or they've got something that they can improve and you say that a lot but but i think t- as you get older you have a greater, there's a greater tendency for you to be more comfortable with your with your uh, areas that you're not knowledgeable about your know, and and you know your weaknesses and, and and those sort of things i laugh a lot at my weaknesses now it's because i mean i've just come back the thing that made me laugh when i when i was on holiday were the things that i did which were really funny or stupid you know um like we i was um i'll have to show you the photograph but we we were in in, in greece on a, a greek island, islands and um we were at a beach, and the beach was all pebbly. And uh, we'd been on a boat trip, and I was tired. I was really tired, and I couldn't lie down on the pebbly beach, even if you put a towel on it, it was one thing. So I found a tree to 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 rest against. It, it happened to be an olive tree in, in Greece. So um, it was just on the beach, and so I leaned back, I leaned back in it, you know, and I, I kind of hooked my arms around the branches to get a bit bit of support. And so I ended up kind of sleeping, stood up like that, you know, (laughs) which my wife then took a pro photograph of us, different that as well. And I really did. It just, I thought, that's so funny. I look so, how would you, why would you do that sort of stuff, you know? So uh, all those sort of things, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of, I I enjoy, I guess I enjoy my own. Mm. It's
0: funny when you say about laughing at yourself, I think. If you think about it, there is so much that we don't know, and there are so many things I just couldn't do. Well, not couldn't do necessarily, but at the moment my skill level is zero or very low. But you know, there's other things that I'm I'm interested in, and and I'm not actually bothered about those things. Whereas perhaps when I'm younger, if it fell into an expectation from another or a job requirement, I remember being in the police. with certain things I just didn't. I hated. I hated being not answering the telephones when the comes person would go off for the lunch break you know I just hated that job but it was me that was wrong I felt I was the well, why am I so useless at this whereas now I just think but I just don't like that I just don't like being on the end of the phone dealing with that I'd rather be in person with somebody talk you know I, you kind of get that acceptance whereas back then you kind of won't it's you're not measuring against you're measuring against other people's expectations aren't you
1: yeah yeah
0: and I think that's one of the, the best things is maturing out of that or, or just letting that go, yeah, yeah. But you talk about obviously the positive side. These are some of the positives. I, I mean, th- this is a challenge with midlife because it's bittersweet at times. And I mean, you, do you want to tell you? You obviously you've said you've just been on holiday, had some reflections. But in terms of midlife, that awareness and what have you, do you want to talk about your thoughts? Because we were talking before we started recording, said we should include this. <laughs> but uh, what's your thoughts around that? You know, that bittersweet side of it.
1: So, so yeah, I think midlife is. A really um, eventful period, probably probably second only to adolescence in terms of the kind of emotional changes and other changes that happen around your life. You know, so you you know you have children that are grown up. You become um, you, you begin to see the end of your career, so you begin to have to change your mindset around those sort of things. Um, uh, you know, health. Your health kind of, big lesson for me this or the last year is that I can't do what I used to do when I was young in terms of of eating and and all those sort of things. So so your health changes, you become more aware of your own mortality and and those sort of things. So I think your priorities change and um, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult to come to terms with. All those things are big things. Um and uh and I think that yeah, so that that that, that can be a challenge. And it's something you know I've had a I've had to face. Um so last year, um it was a kind of partly the lockdown, but it's been going on for a long time, long longer than that. So I was gradually putting on more and more weight. Um Buzz was 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 um it was definitely in the, the obese um category and um and I just ignored it. I just ignored it. I am, um, I'm, am an optimist in, in by nature as well, um, which I think has its flaws. <laughs> it's so, so m- my optimism said, "I'll, uh, I, I, I've put on a bit of weight, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm not too, you know, if I, if I, if I look at myself in a certain angle, in a mirror." Uh, with the lights dimmed, and uh, from a distance, I don't look too bad, you know. If I squint, <laughs> but but so I done all those things, and 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 you know when we went on holiday, um, I became the photographer because I didn't want to take photographs of myself because I used to get the photograph and say, "Who's that Fat <laughs> bloke?" <laughs> on on holiday, you know, and it was me, you know, and it was like, oh my goodness, me, Like, and and I used to avoid that. And that was horrible feeling, the facing the reality. So, partly that that optimism, and partly an a, a, an avoidance, definitely an avoidance um, strategy was not to have me photographed taken. So, the best way to do that was just to become the photographer. So, one of my transient interests <laughs> has been photography. So uh, I I become the, the photographer I used to do uh, kind of, a, a, at the end of it, I used to put a photo book together. I used to um, do videos for, you know, put, I got really into that as well, compiling videos as well. So and I love doing it because there was no, there's no pictures of me in it. or oh, very fleetingly, you know, perhaps a couple of headshots, you know, and that, and that, would, that would be it. Then um, last year, for whatever reason, my younger son, had an interest in taking some video photography, doing some photography and some video work as well. And um so he's 10. So I kind of let him have to go with my GoPro and all that sort of stuff as well. As a consequence, he took some foot he took some video footage of me. And I went, oh my goodness me, that's that's ridiculous. And then I then bravely, and because the other thing and i have done i have not st- stood on the s- scales for like five years. The other thing I did was, right, I'll I'll go and get myself weighed. So I kind of buckled my confidence up. Again, the back was this optimism of, you know, oh, I might just have a few pounds to, to lose sort of thing, you know, and I looked on the scales and that was ridiculous. That was my thoughts. This is ridiculous. How can I possibly be that weight? And, you know, when I stepped on and off five times just to make sure, and I was still coming up with the same sort of thing. And um, I knew I'd put weight on during during the lockdown but 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 i i actually think looking back on on a few snaps that i've have been in i've had this issue for about five or six years now going from a you know a very fit um uh, tie boxing type thing in my youth to where i was now was was a real was a real shock and uh so uh yeah it it framed us framed us because it was kind of health It wasn't about, um, and I don't want to say vanity because it's not about really, that sounds like a judgment on it. It's not about, it it was, but, but it wasn't just about looking good. It was about health and, uh, and uh, yeah. So it, it really, really shocked us the, how much heavier was the scale moment was the moment and that just triggered something. in us. that said, I have to get this, I have to get this, get this right. And that's where. I kind of started. So I lost I lost two stone in about three months. And then I lost uh another stone over another uh, seven months and my weight stabilized. I still like to lose a little bit more, but I've um yeah, I'm pretty happy. I, I there are photographs taken of this, albeit in a very strange position leaning against an olive tree but <laughs> but but i've i've just come All there's quite a few photographs of swimming and and all that sort of stuff and uh, you know i'm not I, i'm not ashamed I, I still think i'm still thinking i could lose a bit more weight but i'm not ashamed of, of of how i look and but more importantly just how i feel is just completely different Completely different, and I followed some of the things that you've that you've. I've been your kind of midlife life uh, uh, emails, and yeah, I can see those things work. You know, the the ones I kind of struggle with. I was wanting to ask you about this was this idea of, and then you talk quite a bit about it, about this um, um, mindlessness eaten. So, I kind of forget that. Yeah. So I kind of got. I'm conflicted with that because I can see how that works. Mm. I've got so my um, my daughter's boyfriend, who's a climbing instructor, uh, he's extremely fit and healthy and uh, lean, and uh, he, he 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 come he'll come back from work and say, "I can't, I don't think I've eaten today." He'll just not be aware of it at all. Or, you know, and you'll, you'll make something really nice. Doesn't he? Didn't even, he didn't even think about calories or anything like that. He thinks about that. <coughs> Whereas me, if I'm if I'm mindless, I also guessed <laughs> that. Funny enough, I was thinking about this this uh, this uh, meeting we want to have, and um, um, I was thinking about oh yeah, that mainly. Yeah, I have to talk about the mindless. And, and uh, I was making myself a cup of tea, and uh, I came back, and I was making a cup of tea, and I noticed I'd actually picked some ham out of the fridge and I sit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was eating the ham without being conscious of was eating the ham. So, yeah. so I can see there's there's a lot but but for me, I kind of, um, and I do know what I mean because there is elements of it now that I do because I don't sometimes I forget that I've not eaten or I've, uh, mm. um. I certainly don't think we talk about think about calories. It, you know, I, I like this that idea of energy. I think that's a really more useful kind of um, a descriptor mm. of, of what, what's going on. Uh, so I, I, I like that. But the mindfulness seems to be two edged sort of thing. It, you know, it, it, if you're if you're kind of because I do most of the cooking, and so it, you know, if I'm cooking, I'll be cooking and eating and cooking and eating without even being aware of it. So that's, that seems to be a bit of a negative for me in some respects. Um, but, but on the flip side, not being preoccupied with food and, and, you know, challenging that, that sort of um, focus on it. So eating when you're hungry, you know, oh, I feel a bit hungry now. I'll have something to eat to eat rather than, you know, it's, it's, it's dinner time. I've got to have something to eat. I sort of thing as well. So I don't know what, what, What is it? Tell me a bit more about that.
0: I'm delighted to announce the imminent launch of the Midlife Reshape Academy. This is a low time and cost commitment membership option for those of you who want to embark on your own Midlife Reshape with the support of a program supporting resources and courses, Q&A support from me, and the chance to be part of the Restless midlife community of like-minded people sharing similar goals and ambitions. So if you're feeling like your health has drifted, you're not in the shape you want to be, and want to get back to feeling more comfortable in your own skin, then hop over to midlifereshape.com forward slash academy. To find out more and join the pre-launch wait list where you'll be kept up to date with launch details, what's in store and to take advantage of founder member discounts. That's midlifereshape.com forward slash academy. So I get right a couple of questions because there's a few things to unpack, as they say in these in these podcast things, you know, let's unpack that a bit. But like, firstly, what do you what do you understand by that mindlessness when it comes to minus eight, because I'll I'll develop that a little bit. Okay, what do you understand by that as the as the the messages for for it.
1: So so what what, what I took away for it, either correctly or incorrectly was this idea that um, you weren't um, constantly thinking about calories in particular or any other metric about what was what what you were uh, eating. So it didn't become something that kind of preoccupied your. Your mind, the kind of food intake, and when you should be eating and how you should be eating and all that sort of stuff as well. So that, that that's that's why I right. it away from it. Right, that's interesting. So
0: if we kind of step it back, because this is this would be an interesting thing to get your thoughts on this. But I've been thinking about this idea of the levers we pull in 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 order to achieve the goal that we want. In this case, it's 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 managing our weight down or to a, to a better place talking about calories i think you you know i prefer to talk about it's about the energy balance and you, you know there's a lot about types of diets and types of foods and the impact and all of that But when you come down to it there is clear the clear science relates to the metabolic balance between energy and energy out calories is a measure calories is a measure so if you had a calorimeter it would pretty accurately measure a calorie we're not calorimeters but generally, you know, it, you know, we're generally pretty amazing things that can manage that. But it's energy in versus energy out, um, and to lose weight, energy out, uh, uh, energy in has to be less than energy, yeah, and less than energy out. Um, the challenge is that obviously a lot of diets say you need to dramatically drop, and that's when it's just not sustainable and it can have counterproductive things. But if we can find that rough space where we know I can sustain that, I can do that, you know, that's like. That's not as that's not going to take over my life. Do you know what I mean? So that that's the first part of it. So I'll come back to the levers in a minute. But the the the, the argument around the mindful versus mindless is that a diet, if you go on some of the diets that, that are suggested, it, you you have to be very mindful in especially in the early stages of everything you do, everything you prepare, everything you measure it out, you count this or whatever. What you know, what but you have to be very mindful of what you do eat and don't eat. So you have to be present. And the, the, the research is clear that that is something that works, but only for a point. And actually, 90-odd, 97% of people return to former habits. So the idea of being present to it, that's great if you can hold life and push life back, you know, the realities of life, and just focus on one thing, which is perhaps, you know, when you haven't got your younger, you or you haven't got all the responsibilities, and it's the only thing you think about, you know, you're a, you're a Thai boxer, and you think about your training and your your, your food intake – that's the only thing that matters in your life that's probably doable but most of us particularly midlife as we have like (laughs) so much going on don't we and and emotionally lots of things and I think that's a challenge so it's an unrealistic way to do it sustainably over the long term
1: yeah I agree
0: so you're okay with that so far yeah yeah mindful bit is let's try to recognize that the majority of our life, we live mindlessly, and that's not a negative. What we mean by that, or what is meant by that, is that you're on automatic pilot. You know, you you know, you, talk, you know, when we're talking about mindful practice, you you practice bringing your head to here and now, to notice things. But the majority of the day, we're off our heads spinning on other things, worrying about this, doing that. You're just getting on with the routines, rituals, the jobs you've got to do. And very rarely are we present in the moment. So that mindlessness, and it's not a negative, although it can, people do say, so you, you know, it's mindless, this, that, and the other. It's actually our natural state for a lot of time. In that mindless state in our day-to-day lives, we um, we get into routines, rituals, and habits. And it's those that if they're linked to or without thinking, they're, they're tied into food. You know, like how many times you sat down and watched a Netflix thing and you've polished off a bag of Doritos without even tasting it. That's mindlessness. Yeah. It, you know, it's in and of itself. It's not a negative. It's where we operate. But we have, there are potentially positive and negative consequences. So the negative consequences are polished off a bag of Doritos. I haven't even flipped and tasted them. It's just because it's what I do when I sit in front of Netflix or I'm at the pictures. Do you know what I mean? So that's where generally life lifestyle weight drift creeps up is not because we are deliberately, presently gorging on food. You know, we'll have a blowout here and a celebration there, but on the whole, it's because we're mindlessly just taking in bits of just like the ham in the the thing. Mm. I'm terrible at biscuits, you know? Um, So that mindlessness bit is is the challenge. But the research shows, and I do have a caveat to this because um, I mentioned Professor Brian Wansink, and he's been actually quite discredited in some of his research. Um the, the underpinning research, the underpinning principles of the research still valid, but his research, he exaggerated the results. But the point is um the um you can up op- you can with shifting some of your habits, rituals, routines, and changing your environment, mindlessly shift the overeating down towards the under-eating, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's where designing your kitchen, your environment, like what's available. And not it's not foolproof it's not 100 but i'll give you an example the perfect example is um rosie's little snacks for lunch she, she'll have a little like i don't know a little bag of those tiny little jammy dodges there's a little bag that's 70 80 calories or something like that. i'm not talking calories you know just bear with us for that versus a big pack of chocolate hobnobs that leslie brings in when you know after a bad day Now, I know that if I go down and fancy a cupboard on board, if there's those bags of little bags of whatever, the Jammy Dodgers, I'll pinch one, maybe two. But that feels subconsciously, it feels like a lot. Bag a big packet of um, hobnobs, chocolate hobnobs, the the packet's gone before I know it because there's no no signal, there's no opening of a packet to tell me subconsciously how much I've had and you might have experienced when drinking you know between having pints versus red wine I've got myself into some horrible states with red wine when socializing because I've had no way to subconsciously calculate how much I've had that's probably a sad shameful thing to say but when I've had beer I've had one pint I've had two pints I maybe you, you kind of you keep track and something you're not recording this yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, but I think let's be right. Let's be honest. That's what that's that's what we do. But these subconscious cues are what play into it. So I still have some biscuits, but I've just mindlessly probably moderated down what I would if rather versus the packet of hobnobs there. So if we take that a little bit, and I'm not taking it to perfection because that's become an obsessive. Do you know what I mean? I'm just making some, the sprout sweater approach, making small incremental improvements that help me just curb off the overeating. Perhaps take me into the undering, but the, the, Brian Wansink, for his faults, has talked about the mindless margin. I know I'm talking a lot here, but mindless margin is we tend to notice when we overeat by ten to twenty percent or undereat by ten to twenty percent. So that's the problem with diets, because diets often take you well below into feeling like I've just not had enough. You know, so we then potentially unconsciously overeat or we snap back. So if we can operate in a smaller margin under and do other things as well because there's other levers to pull but if we can do that mindlessly it's almost like there's less effort because it's mindless yeah. you know or at least we're taking we're dealing with stuff that leads to mindless overeating yeah that yeah,
1: yeah that, that that that's helpful it kind of and i think you talk about habits and and triggers and habits themselves are, are or, or things that you don't have to think about, they become better in your subconscious something. Sort
0: of yeah. Yeah.
1: And I do think that's had a big role to play. Because now I I don't feel as if I'm on a diet. You know, I feels feel as I've got to lose a bit of weight and I'll try to lose, it, but it doesn't feel like a diet it just feels this is part of my life. I've changed how I eat, definitely changed Yeah. It. And that's taken taking a bit of planning and a bit of research and, and you know you know l- listening to yourself and and doing some research on YouTube and all those sort of things as well. So it's taken a bit of, of work to do, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, the, the trigger side of it is, is really important and building the habits and rituals around that as well. So my, my, I think my, one of my key rituals is, is making coffee and I've never really been into coffee before, but I watched a YouTube video by some top coffee expert of how to make the perfect cup of coffee and I've, I've I've not done it yet, but but I've got a routine and it's quite it's quite elaborate really for making a cup of coffee. You think, well, you cup of coffee spoon and but it's not instant. So I'm using um oh I can't remember the, the kind of hob top coffee makers. And you warm it up you uh I, I i warm it up first before i put the water in and the water is already boiling when it goes in i put the um coffee cough, coffee air uh, grinds in the, in the container uh, i don't tamp it down because that's not supposed to, supposed to make it more bitter so i put put it in turn the lid on um i wait till i hear that gurgling sound then i turn the heating off i put it in cold water by this time i've also got a, a mug with uh milk in and i've got a whiskey thing to make it all frothy and I pour it out and it's so it's quite an elaborate routine to go through, but I love it. And it and then I gather the cup of coffee and I have that at 10 at 10 o'clock. Uh have it so as much as possible, have it at the same time. I have it at 10 o'clock, and uh that just sets me up for the day, you know. And then I'll have my lunch about might just have a bit of fruit or whatever, but I'll have some something to eat at uh, at dinner as well. So that 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 whole ritual. I think it is it's, it's about habits that ritual really kind of just embeds us in, in into, into what I'm doing that 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 day as well. But I think the other point of it is in this why so sometimes that doesn't happen you know sometimes I've got I've got a meeting at 10 o'clock or i'm out to decline to 10 o'clock or whatever like and that's the other part of it you can have these things that you can return to that can then ground you again but you can't. You've got to live your life in a way that's. So I'm. I, I tend. I'm. Haven't got a sweet tooth anyway. So I don't eat many biscuits. Biscuits is not a problem. Bread's a problem for me. Bread is the thing. I eat tons of bread, and I, and I did eat tons of bread. But uh, I will still have spread at some time if I'm out, you know, for a meal and come with a basket of bread. I'll be having a bit of bread. I'll still have. You know, I'm still gonna have. I'm still going to have cake. You know, I'm still going to have, you know, birthdays or whatever. I'm going to have a slice of cake. You know, that's just, but without any of the associated guilt. Or, or do you know? And I know that it's not supposed to be about, but you know, they call it sin foods and yeah, yeah. Things that, the whole language around it is oh. is dominated around um uh, a judgment. Yeah, and I actually think. I actually think the reason why I put on weight for so long and the reason why I didn't take any action and the reason why I didn't look at myself or didn't want photographs to take of myself and I realised why I never stepped on the of scales was shame. And it was shame that made me put on that weight and it's shame that we see all over the place, you know, on all every social media, even people with the best will and, you know, with the best intentions, you know, Will, uh, will make people feel ashamed that they haven't sort of thing. And what, what struck me you know, is, is thinking about that is, do you know There's nothing to be ashamed of. If you've put on weight, there's no shame in that at all. Biologically, evolutionary, it's the most natural thing to do. We've been designed to um, uh, to, to, to store fat, We've been designed. That's what we. That's evolutionary. That's what we did. You know, and and you know, uh, and and consume and be attracted to high calorific food. That was just. If you look at you know some of the um, um, uh, native people from in Africa when they when they go when they go uh, to uh, they'll spend a day climbing a tree to get some honey. From, from from some horrendous beads in in africa and so they, they they'll do that They're, we're all designed so being being overweight carrying fat is perfectly normal and actually historically it was a sign of good health yeah. because you know in victorian even even as close as Victorian, even after that actually depends, you know, people who looked really stick thin period were were seen as unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And they were unhealthy. That's really and uh, and people aspired to have fat kids. You know, I remember there was some 1950s, it was Tommy Steele, done know, half a sixpence that was, it was called and one of the songs is about being a measure of success is having fat kids, you know. Um, because you 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 could look after them, you were giving them so, more than what they needed. So the whole shame thing is 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 horrendous, and I think it's probably for me it was the biggest barrier. I think uh, to, to start that start the journey, I kind of mentally blocked it out. So I kind of didn't want to think about it because I didn't want to feel I didn't want to feel the shame. So I avoided I avoided shame as much as anything else.
0: You, you know, I think this is the, this is a really important because it's a it's a fine line to to tread when you talk about as we are about managing our weight down with in a way. How do we? It's about doing it when we come to that choice, and if we come to that choice, but learning to be comfortable with ourselves is probably the bigger part of it. And yeah. I, like, I don't know if you remember from the the earlier part of the series I talk about the four principles that I would like to underpin the. the the program, if nothing else. But the the fourth one is about how can, it's trying to get us back into a headspace where we don't, and then there may be always that instinctual thing because of conditioning, but we tried, we start to enjoy food, see less shame in it, feel less shame about it and just normalize and i use that in air course because what is normal these days but the point is we kind of take away that because i think you're right many of us carry that and i think there's laws. i mean i won't get into that but the psychology around it there's people who talk about how there's almost a religious aspect to food you know and clean eating and it's always become almost religious food you can see elements of that in it i think you're right i think how do you how do we you know who've experienced that feeling of like, oh, I am hopeless, I'm useless, what is what are this, what are that? Um, kind of step away from that because it only makes things worse, it only pushes you into the dark, yeah, <laughs> the darker places rather than coming out and thinking, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this meal celebration, like you said, like you know, if you have a family celebration, you're way on holiday, why not? Yeah, and with that mindset, when we shift, it's not going to be as extreme because it's it feels like it's a famine, now it's a feast. It's more balanced, but we're not associating so emotionally with it. And we come back, and we can come back to a more of a level, the rituals and routines, as you say, like the grounding. I love that phrase because I think the grounding of the habits are the things that we we need to develop to a point where we can set and forget. But around that, rituals and routines are very powerful because there's something more to it that give you something more. like Really, the best habits are the things that give you something positive back. That's why bad habits are so hard on there because <laughs> they give you something like a sweet hit or something, you know. But like the best ones, I mean, do you miss the coffee routine? Because I know there's times when I've missed certain, certain, some of my little rituals around um the morning and, and things like that. I kind of miss them. And then coming back to it is, is grounding. It literally is. I think that's a brilliant word.
1: Yeah. So I, so I, so I do. And, and I don't drink a lot of coffee because I, I am unconscious that there's, you know, there's, there's a downside to coffee and that it's, you know, in terms of your sleep patterns and, mm. and those sort of things. So I am aware of that. Um, there's some advantages, I believe as well, in terms of how it processes fats, but, but only if you exercise straight after it, but, but I think, um, uh, uh, I miss it. I do. So when, we, when we were on holiday, obviously I couldn't, I couldn't do that, but I made sure I had a cup of coffee and I, uh, not necessarily at exactly the same time. Cause it just didn't, you know, the routine didn't work, but I had, but I had a cup of coffee and I enjoyed that cup of coffee. I only have one a day. That's all. <laughs> I only have one cup of coffee a day, mm. but I made a point of having it. And, uh, and it was a time when I could just relax and sit and enjoy the coffee. Mm. And, uh, And that was great. It was great. So as a substitute. You'd be able to get these substitute uh, routines and habits when your, you know, your core one can't be done. And it does, that does, as you say, it does, does kind of ground you. I mean, just getting back to this idea of, I mean, losing weight is unnatural. Going on a diet, trying to lose weight is unnatural. That, you know, other species... You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't come across a pride of lions. <laughs> one of them's going, "Come on, we'll go out and hunt some." The others, "Oh no, I think I've put on a bit of beef." You know, I think I've put on a bit. Oh, yeah. You know, I think I'll, I think I'll just skip this one. I think I'll just. Uh, <laughs> okay. You wouldn't. No other creature, and you know, we have no. So dieting is <laughs> you're fighting evolution, yeah, and you're fighting you're you're in some respects you find your own metabolism and your own preconditions to 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 to, to for survival you know they're ingrained and uh, you you've you've talked about this a lot when when we were talking about stress when you' helped us with stress was this idea that our i mean you were talking about the context of stress and that that our bodies uh, uh, our evolution hasn't kept kept up with the, the pace of change in modern life. And that's led, led to st- stress. And it's also led to, 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 uh, excess weight, you know, that becomes a health problem. And we can't deny that it is cause health problems as well, but we need to take away that shame because it's nothing, absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. It's no, it's not a judgment. that just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, I don't know if you've read about the, um, uh, the uh, american samoa um there's an uh, american samoa and uh, they had a tropical paradise absolutely incredible um uh, they, they were generally big people you know tall and right. uh, powerful um um but they had almost no issues with uh, heart disease or early deaths the true those sort of things so but you know very very good diet very healthy people living in the paradise so it became America's war when the, the Americans colonised it. And they, they introduced, um, they brought with it a whole new range of diets, mm. food, including food that was very high in uh, fructose. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's got the worst, not all of a sudden, but, but over time, that island has now got some of the worst obesity. Worst uh, levels of coronary heart disease, and all those things, because the food that is given is uh, is, is is bad for you. It's it's it's, uh, it's addictive as well. You know, it keeps you back for it as well. So there's lots of lots of factors. You know, environmental factors, evolutionary factors, everything that is more inclined to push us towards storing fat mm. than reducing fat. Yeah. So if you can accept that, that's just who we are as a, as a species. You can't be ashamed of that because that's that's just who we are as a, as a species. Now some people are just naturally have a different metabolism, but but for most of us, that's that's what we're up against really. And we're we're doing something that is unnatural that is fighting against you know every part of our you know genetic evolution to um, to 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 look to be able to look good in a holiday photograph, you know.
0: I'm delighted to announce the imminent launch of the Midlife Reshape Academy. This is a low time and cost commitment membership option for those of you who want to embark on your own Midlife Reshape with the support of a program, supporting resources and courses, Q&A support from me, and the chance to be part of the Restless Midlife community of like-minded people sharing similar goals and ambitions. So if you're feeling like your health has drifted, you're not in the shape you want to be and want to get back to feeling more comfortable in your own skin, then hop over to midlifereshape.com forward slash academy. To find out more and join the pre-launch waitlist where you'll be kept up to date with launch details, what's in store, and to take advantage of founder member discounts. That's midlifereshape.com forward slash academy. Yeah, you're right. I, I, it, I, remember, I can't remember who said it, but we live in an obesogenic environment. I'm not even sure that's a proper word, but it kind of talks about the fact, it gets, captures that, that we, you know, we are still, same with stress, You know, we're on version one of the app. The world is on version 20, and it is abundant, fortunately, and thankfully for so many of us, abundant beyond measure. But things are so easy, and foods are designed to be so tasty, so calorie-dense, all that. And it's so it's linked into everything. This goes back to that mindlessness, you know, social, pictures, watching this. Food has become something that is just so ingrained in almost every aspect of life that it's no wonder we, we move that way, you know, in terms of weight. So this is this this is the challenge isn't it because let's accept that and try to work on that idea of our shame and feelings around it but let's also look well what could i do if if genuinely i remember you talking about um you mentioned the kiss the study video about you playing football with your son and struggling and like there's practical reasons why we might think i just want to improve my health a bit here um so if we do that what can we do and what are the levers we can pull to do that in a world that's not really geared up for us <laughs> To, to naturally do that so we're kind of fighting yeah. against it and I think there's still a lot of scope and you've you've done that as well and I'll, I'll run this by you just in terms of the, the levers because I've been playing with this idea in my head pulling together a few things but if we look at that energy in versus energy out thing we're trying to manage a space which is we're floating a lot my yoga teacher used to say I want you to dance along the edge of discomfort the edge of discomfort I don't want you to go into pain when you're stretching I don't want you to feel too comfortable I want you to dance along the edge and I quite like that as a, a phrase for perhaps what we're trying to do here. Let's just dance along the edge, so it doesn't become uncomfortable, like too painful or too, something we can't sustain. But we can we can manage this, and maybe we'll have a celebration here, etc. But the four levers are based on the energy in and out. We've got we can work on the energy expenditure through activity, exercise, walk, and whatever. So we can raise that. We've got three other levers, I guess, around the energy in, which is around, um, I think Peter, Atier um, from the drive podcast. He talks about this is the three are, you can moderate your calories down your energy down by, um, Calorie tracking calorie, um, managing your calories. So that's obviously working on just purely the numbers of calories that you take in your, um, time. So you can manage calorie time or diet and diet means you exclude certain foods and you know one is not better than the other it's what works for you as an individual but my feeling is if you stress one system one lever too much you're pulling it into the red there's more risk of it failing or snapping whereas if maybe you can pull a couple of those levers into just that work for you a bit like a graphic equalizer you're not putting stress as much on the system yeah. perhaps it's more sustainable I don't know what you think about that as a visual I don't know if I've explained it that well but this yeah. is something I've been playing with in my head for a bit
1: yeah yeah well I, I think the you know one of the keys comments you made there was that, that it is individual and yeah that's why I think it, it, it's funny because you'll hear people and um, they'll say oh I talked to such and such and they're on this diet and they've looked for maize and then they've done really well and and you know so that's why if i have when i'm telling people my experience i always just say well that's just for me that's just mm-hmm. for me other things might work for you but for me this kind of works it is definitely individual um um but um but but this idea of stress and that leaves i do i do get that visual and i do get it but it is a balance what, what we mm. what well, we've got to be, and it's you know, you know, I, I've lost, I've lost three stone. I've got my um, cholesterol down. I've got all the other sort of key uh, health metrics down. And I and I can say, and people do this all the time. And, and I and I think they genuinely think – And it's easy for me to get in that mindset as well. That like it's been easy, you know it's but in reality it wasn't it's like all those things it's like all when you've been through it and you've had a bit of success you begin to think it was easy, yeah. but it wasn't it absolutely wasn't it's a bit like you know a childbirth <laughs> i mean you know when women have have i would like we would never go through it a second time you'd go like once you would say well no way but then you ask me, oh, it wasn't too bad. And I'm saying I was there. It was terrible. <laughs> well, it was painful and long and all, but you begin to, you know, distance gives you a, a softer focus on, on, on what we've been through. But it's hard. Hmm. So I think the only risk, Dave, is that we we get, begin to think, that people, we give people the impression that it's easy. Yeah. Easier. This idea of... Um, and I don't entirely agree with it. But this idea, of, if you have this idea of uh, anti-fragility, that you that you have to, it's kind of above resilience, and, and it's and it's about how you cope with pressure. And the idea is that in order to grow, you have to experience pressure. And the metaphor they, they always use is, is in the gym when you're lifting the weight that or stress, I should say, you're putting stress on your muscles, and you then grow from that now the thing they miss out is if you put too much stress on it's gonna it's gonna set you back you know so i do get what you're saying it is about making sure those levers aren't too extreme and getting those levers right but to acknowledge that there's still levers there's still pressure there's still stress it's still going to be challenging it's not going to be a walk in the park even even when you meet people who say it was a walk in the park and even and they probably genuinely feel it in reality it wasn't you know you've you've had to go hungry. You do have to go hungry a bit as well, I think, you know, and you have to get comfortable with hunger as well a bit. Um, um But it, it requires a bit of, it, requires, it does put stress on you, on your system. But the idea is to put, put that. So that's probably where you leave. a thing. does work really well is that it's about putting that right level of stress that allows you to rebound and get, get better from it. Um, that's, that's a, that's a really good point. Cause you're right. I
0: think, One of the things that I often say is that we can start these new goals, these new um, things that we're starting with a lot of motivation. We're inspired to do a lot of motivation and therefore we, we take on the hard work and almost are a bit delusional about, well, I can do this, you know, I can do this for however long, but I always say, don't worry, motivation will pass. There will be a day when you can't be bothered or you don't want to. And how do we still do it then? Um, And that that's, That's, for me, is the hard work. The hard work isn't the getting stuck in and, like you say, trying to lift loads of weight. It's it's the keeping it going. Do you know what I mean? And that's where the habits – so, for me, the work. I heard a phrase the other week where the goal is not to get to the five stone or whatever the goal is. The goal is the work that you do each day that moves you forward, which is, for me, the goal is to sweat the sprouts every day, the sprout-sized habits or actions. That's the goal. But that takes the effort and the hard work. You know, you talk about weight, weights, you know, you, you, you've got to start. It's going to be hard work lifting quite a small weight, but you're not going to go from a small weight to a heavy weight. You're going to go incrementally up and you'll have setback and then this. Side. And it's getting our head into that space to understand that the sweating of the sprouts, the sweat, sprout size, incremental improvements, the habits that embed, that's where the work, the pain is. But if we keep it to a level that we know, you know, in, in the rest of our life, we can sustain it. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And may, maybe it's about not taking off the polish of it. This is not easy, yeah. but at the same time, you've already got a busy, hectic, crammed life. What we're not trying to do is add to the burden necessarily. We're trying to create a carve a space where you, your head's in the game or you automate your mind, you shape your mindless environment a little bit better just to contribute. But there will be times when you, like you say, you feel that discomfort and the practice is getting used to that discomfort. But in a way, at a level, that you know, I've got this. I can do this. Well,
1: yeah, that, that's difficult. It's a, it's, it's trial and error, isn't it? It, it, it is, but you know, discomfort is is required. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're back in your comfort zone. You know, you don't, you don't move forward unless there's a thing that we use that I've used in organisations about strategic discomfort, and it's about how we, how your organisational change is to create sometimes you have to, more than a lot you have to you have to create a degree of discomfort with the status quo and if you want to change if you want to go from here to there you have to make their where they are now feel a little less in, so if you've got employees who kind of don't want to use a new bit of machinery or so you've got to make them feel a little less comfortable doing that at, at the same time showing them somewhere where they can go that they can they can get more comfortable with as well so that's a, a transition and as a transitionary, So if you do staff surveys, at that time when we're applying a degree of strategic discomfort, their employees will be less satisfied. So long as that's a transitionary experience to somewhere a bit more positive, then then that's okay. That's okay. But, you know, that's got to be managed and planned and and, and all those sort of things. And and I think to the same degree is that, yeah, we have to feel, you know, that my discomfort. uh, And it wasn't nice. It was horrible. The scales, the photographs, the feelings of fear of dying early, the fear of, that was horrible. Now, no wonder I wanted to avoid it, you know, because it was horrible, you know. But I needed it. I need that. And I I think to... I was reflecting back on the you know, conversations we've had about stress, and you were you interested me in this idea of good stress and bad stress and, as well. As well, and I actually think there's nothing in life that is worthwhile that doesn't involve some stress. You know, if you love someone, you know, I've got an amazing wife, I've got an amazing family. That's not the least stressful situation to be in. You know, you by the very nature of your love someone, you will worry about them. Mm. You'll be concerned about them. You'll um you'll want them to be to be happy as well. And and sometimes you question yourself and all those things. So it's not love is 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 a stress. <laughs> sure. Love is a stress, but but the reward is, is 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 significant. And and you know, I think um everything that's worth doing, every change is particularly every change and everything, perhaps everything that's worthwhile in life. Requires a degree of distress and discomfort.
0: That 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 that's one of the biggest things that is 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 it's a challenge with stress management training. I'm going back to my early days in trying to break into this world. Is that it's seen as we need to reduce and eliminate stress. But I I I, I remember saying once if you're breathing and you're living and breathing, you're in a state of stress because that is that is the essence of life. It is how we it's to what level and for how long, and you know the chronic stress and all that. But you're right, everything has that, that cost to it, that stress, but it's the challenge we have is our psychological association to that. And I think that goes back to the same, it's about shame with food or how I feel about myself or the journey I'm on, because I think the challenge, you talk about transition, I think that's such an important aspect of this is that when we embark on it, there's a lot of hope and optimism. And so we take on a lot of demands in that hope and optimism. And that's great. But at some point that'll drift and we'll start to question what I'm not I'm not, it's not happening. I'm hitting a plateau. I'm not getting nowhere. It's a pointless, it's useless, it doesn't work. And there's the stress of the effort of doing something, and then we add on top all of that psychological stress of the narratives and the stories we tell ourselves about it. What's the point? It's useless. It's getting me nowhere, et cetera. And I think that is the bit that we need to manage, not the stress of the thing. So you're right. You know, there's stressful times in everything, but you're right. There's a payoff, but also about how we associate it to it. So like, you know, I've been through those times and what's the point, et cetera. But if we can start to just see the journey, this is why I often say is have your goal, but get your head away from the goal. Don't keep checking in on that because you constantly remind yourself how far away from the goal you are you know check in uh, i had an interview with a friend of mine mal uh, which is one of the podcast steppers was probably just the week before this one he talks about doing that because he's 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 on this journey now for the second time um and he says i'm not even thinking about that i'm not checking my weight until i go in for my quarterly check for my diabetes there Of the scale, and I know I'm going to be disappointed because in my head I know I'm going to lose a lot. I want to lose a lot more than I'm actually. I know that, so I'm not thinking about that. I'm just concentrating on this, this, and this. The day, as I would say, the day-sized unit, you know, of that. And I think these are the mind games that we have to start to play. But none of it is easy, (laughs) is it?
1: You know. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But uh, yeah, I can definitely uh, empathise with with. Um, uh, Mal, did you say? Yeah, yeah. just to emphasise with Mal on that as well, and and it is something. I mean, even I had my health check recently, and and I've got the lowest, lower, lowest cholesterol level for for that I've had for ten years. Um, And um, but I was still disappointed a bit because in my mind, Mm -hmm. it was going to be so much more dramatically (laughs) than than it was. That's, anyway. the, that's the that's the curse of an optimism optimist. Sometimes I think you you always you always kind of uh, disappoint yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've just watched. Uh, this is me. I've just watched the CrossFit Games, the twenty twenty two CrossFit Games, and there's people I've rooted for, Pat Velner and, and Brent Lukowski, Canadian two Canadians, and and I've they've not positioned where they wanted to be. They wanted to be up on the position, the podium, et cetera. And it's interesting because they're going through. They've kind of put some lovely posts on Instagram um, about they're going to take time out of their family. They weren't where they wanted to be. You know, I'm not going to be negative. I'm going to be honest about my feelings here, but I'll be back. And I think it's how we manage that disappointment or the setback. Because let's be right. If I'm on my journey, but for some reason, there's a bag of uh, a a, a packet of um, chocolate hobnobs in the fridge. That takes a hell of a lot of willpower for me to resist. I'm going to end up disappointed in myself. So how do I manage that? Do I manage that, or do I not manage it and spiral off, or do I just manage it? Like you said, this is you know I'm involved to do this. What can I do to mitigate the damage, or to at least make the risk of it not happening? And this is why I like to come back to the levers. Is if you have something so extreme to go back to when you fall off the wagon, but the option that you go back to is so extreme that's a massive thing to go back to yet again but if what you're going back to is some basics that a taxing, but they're not they're not out of your head space you can do that you can do some basic practices and habits revisit this it's less of a journey when you do spin off does that make sense
1: yeah 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 no definitely definitely but um yeah it's uh, it's it's yeah it's a journey really and yeah um, but yeah yeah good stuff It's been a kind of conversation that hasn't it? It's um, yeah, Yeah, I'm still getting over the fact that you've got a yoga teacher, to be honest. Uh, well, I
0: did have uh, it's funny, it's funny, I did have a wheel ago when I was in custody. uh, We had such an awkward position before health and safety. When you were
1: in custody as a police officer, yeah, sorry, as a
0: police (laughs) sergeant, like not as a detainee. Um, but it was such an awkward position we would work in that I developed back problems. So, um, I went to a yoga class locally, and I credit that because I went for about Six months um, and tapped into the power of yoga, but also relaxation practice, which was always part of the end of it. So that's another story. But I credit that six months for some basic practices I took on and for now having um, great flexibility. So it shows you that power of incremental change, even over six months, it's had a lasting effect. And I still can do things like touch my toes, you know, and stuff like that, which was, was not an option beforehand. Um, yeah. So I don't have one now, but it's a great example of how practicing something, routine, and, re- like over time, it yes. pays dividends future, particularly in the physical realm. I think yeah.
1: with health. So I I mean, in terms of your goals, health goals, what what I know you've you've got various objectives and aims, and what what are they? well i suppose the big aim is to be fitter at 66
0: than i was at uh, 45 when rosie was born the bar was low as a friend of mine always says but (laughs) but um that that is the long term but the current thing i've got a couple now actually but the current is um operation d move i call it which is to sort of slim down the man moves because i've lost a bit of weight but i've still got that's such (laughs) a brave thing to say i know i know but the, the thing is it
1: I think I've got to be honest. I'm on this journey as well, you know. And well, that's one the one thing that we never talk about is <laughs> We don't admit that. It's it's. Uh, but yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I, I, I suppose so. That's 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 my the goal that I'm working on, and I'm tweaking the levers really because I've got my little plan. One three three. thank you for listening you'll find all show notes links and resources mentioned at midlifereshape.com forward slash podcast and it would mean so much if you could spread the word to your fellow restless midlifers share the show and links and if you aren't already subscribe to the show in your podcast feed of choice and one more thing if you enjoy the show it would be great if you could rate it by visiting midlifereshape.com forward slash review It would mean so much, and I may even give you a shout-out in return. And a quick final thanks to production assistant Karen North of North BA and for the music, which is called Silver Star, by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers at musicformakers.com. Take care for now, and don't forget you really can reshape your midlife health and rekindle that spirit of adventure.